0: from around the world this is the mutual audio network
1: the following audio drama is rated pg for parental guidance i'm mciro garcia from the sci-fi diner
2: podcast and you are listening to the sonic society with jack ward and david
3: alt Mmm, my favorite audio twosome
4: David, were we successful?
5: From the look of the instrumentation, we're coming up to the Vidic weapon.
4: Scanning. Yes. David. My sensors are showing that the Vidic are redesigning their weapon.
5: Redesigning? For what purpose? You've said they've already torn a hole in the audioverse.
4: Yes. It seems like the hole that was made was only a test. The weapon is beginning to increase in magnitude. By 1000 times. But that means. Yes. The entire audioverse will cease to exist should the Vidic fire their YouTube weapon. How
5: long before their modifications are complete?
4: Approximately four temporal standard hours.
5: And the current tear in the podverse?
4: It has already created several hundred pod fades. The damage will continue exponentially and devour the audioverse in 14 standard hours. <sighs>
5: So even if we're successful in stopping the YouTube weapon, we could still lose everything.
4: You are setting course for episode four of Final Rune Productions' second season of The Cleanse?
5: Yes, and Radio Theatre's The Curse of Yig. I have an idea that might help solve at least one of our problems.
4: That course will bring us dangerously near the rift. Yes, of course.
5: What would life be without a little risk?
4: Peaceful. Contemplative. Long...
6: Final Rune Productions presents The Cleansed, Season 2, Episode 12, The Light.
7: This was the day we reached the threshold. We were just about to the lighthouse, a tall stone monolith overlooking two worlds. On one side was the familiar path of the river. As dangerous as the river was, it was still something I knew and understood, unlike the great seemingly endless ocean ahead of it. This was the point of no return. Of course, it all kind of was beyond return. As soon as we left the refuge, there was no going back. But there was something different about this part. In the cold walls of the lighthouse, there was something to learn. If only I could keep my ears open to hear it.
8: Okay, come on everyone. We're
6: trying to reach the
8: building. Too late, David.
4: Keep walking, Luke. Mom, I'm scared. There's nothing to be afraid of. Keep following these nice people. No! Mom!
8: no time, son. You've got to shoot the wolf. No! Forget about her. You've got to save yourself.
9: You can't make
3: me.
8: Then you'll die. No! Yes. Shoot it.
10: I will. <laughs> nice work.
3: My mom. Mom.
0: October 17, the year of our Lord, 2052. As I can remember, the light still shines. The ocean is clear. Power turned on briefly today, third time this month. Always there are voices, savage voices. Usually just the preacher man. But today, the dark man was on as well. Another quarter wood split. About all I'll need for the winter. I'll be stacking it in the new shed. Only four cords. You just don't need to burn it like you used to. Not with winters like these. Eighty-five degrees today. Swimming weather. But the weather turns on you, too. Some days, so hot you sweat your balls off, next, the northeast winds come off that the Atlantic at 40 knots. Today, I... No... I'll be damned. Today, I saw people.
3: My legs are starting to remember what it was like in Saudi.
11: Trouble keeping up, old bones?
3: <laughs> As I recall, I was always the one working you into the ground. <laughs>
11: yeah. Oh tables might turn.
3: We'll see who collapses first.
11: Hey, we're getting close.
3: Yeah, river widened up ten miles back.
11: Right, and listen. Yeah? Stop and listen. Oh, sweet sound of the ocean. I can smell it, too.
3: It all comes full circle. What goes up the river goes back down.
7: So we're close. Yeah, just past this stand of trees and we should be able to see it.
9: There it is! The lighthouse!
11: That's it. And it's still shining. And you know this guy. I mean, he's not like... Tully? No. He's not like Tully at all. Good. Then what's the wait? Sam, you think you can keep up? John.
0: Not so fast there.
7: Whoa, whoa, hold on. Hold on. I thought you said this guy was friendly.
0: He is. State your business.
7: We seek safe passage. To where? Borderton. Pardon? We seek passage to the city of Corinth via the town of Borderton.
0: I thought you said. the hell's wrong with you boy? He's telling the truth. Our
11: business is urgent. And who the hell are you? Mark, son of Chad of the Penobscot dwellers. First Sergeant John Prophet, U.S. Army.
3: Sam Miller Brenner. We're from the refuge.
0: Sound like crazies to me. What's wrong with your refuge? Makes you want to go to Borderton. Can we talk? Maybe. I could have a mind to, so long as you nice folks leave your guns at the door. Uh,
3: No way. Sam.
0: Yeah, look. You had me outnumbered by a long shot. least you can do is ease my mind a little bit. We'll do that.
11: Right?
3: This is happening all too often lately. Play
11: by his rules, Sam. He's an old man. All right. We're coming.
0: Slowly now.
3: Two at a time.
11: I think he means us first, sweetheart.
3: Oh, you want to dance, John?
11: If we need to? Yeah, we'll dance. We look like what you had in mind, old man. Stand over there. All right. Two more.
0: You son, I've seen you before. I usually come with my father. Right, to trade. Good, we'll parlay. Stand with the others. Last two. And look at this, a teenage girl. You know what you're getting yourself into, honey?
9: I know it all too well, sir.
0: Careful calling her honey, mister. She's got an attitude. Yeah, I'm sure she does, well. Your lot's crazy, but I don't think you mean me harm. No, thanks for humoring me. Can't be too careful these days.
11: So good. We're all here.
0: Let's talk. Now, now, no need to rush things. I've got old bones. I'd just soon sit if I could. What do you all think? I was just going to indulge in a spot of tea. Um. That
9: sounds great. Yeah, sure. <laughs>
0: All right, well, welcome to Fort Point Life. Well, hope you don't mind your ill Grey mashed up with a little metal. That'll make it last.
11: I don't suppose that means you have coffee with chicory around here. <laughs> I'm a miser.
0: No rich man mm-hmm. sold my coffee a long time ago. So, <clears throat> tell me about your plight. Must be desperate times to get you to leave two safe places up the river and be headed to Borderton. <laughs> Hell, in the old days you had to drag, I mean, you know, kicking and screaming down there. And that was before the mob ran the place. Oh,
3: it's changed that much. I've <laughs> well, gotten a little more overt, that's all.
11: <laughs> Regardless of what you think, the family is a group of reasonable people. You can negotiate with them. They're good for the terms of their contract. You just need to understand that money lubricates the wheels. <laughs> money buys protection, and a lack of money lands you right at the bottom of Mystic Bay. They're real chimers. They are. They're ruthless. But they're reasonable. Unlike the Republic. (sighs) Republic? Who's that? Uh, They're the old guard. Come back again. They're headed up by an old Navy admiral. They have a fleet of jets and an aircraft carrier. They came to Corinth. Corinth? What you used to call New York. They came there and kicked me out. We had a council there. And as soon as the Republic arrived... The Consul didn't give a damn about the protection me and my men provided. They turned on us and took up with the Republic. And why? Because the Republic had electricity. Electricity, huh? And nuclear power coming off of their ship. Now, don't get me wrong. We tried to get the coal plants back up. We had crews digging coal and engineers working on the plants. This uh, Republic,
0: they mixed up with the Jesus freaks? Who? No offense, mind you, I believe in Jesus myself, but this is a little
3: much. None taken.
0: Now, occasionally, I get a burst of power up here and fires up the TV and the radio. It's always, well, these two fellas. One proclaiming the glory of Jesus Christ Almighty, talking about how he is the image of the Lord and Redeemer. And How he's back here on Earth to lead us to the march of Armageddon. Good guy, I think, but little Butch. The other fella, well, he represents the dark side. Either of them have names. They talk about the lamb and the wolf so much, I couldn't really say. Ah, no, no, that's not right. They do got names. Like that story in the Bible. Paul and Saul. Saul? Yeah. yeah. Now that I think of it, I swear that's what he said. Captain Saul. But that was months ago. Now he just calls himself the Wolf. The wolf? Last I heard him, he was punishing someone. Don't know what for. He wasn't nice.
3: John, are you all right?
11: Saul. Now
4: I understand. Just when almost everything was sorted out perfectly, things started to go off plan. We knew the Citadel could not last forever, but Saul thought, those wretched, lying scientists told him that there were many years before the power would dwindle and that we would need to unlock the power of the big bombs which John had stolen from us down in the soup. We had to act. Our control of everything was like a house of cards and the Citadel the table they all stood on. And now one leg was about to kick out. Enter.
10: Saul? Out with it. I can tell by your face it's not good news. What, did they attack another one of our buildings? Who do I have to desecrate on television tonight? No, it's uh, it's nothing like that, Lord Saul. Oh? It's the Citadel. The Citadel? Take me there immediately. What the hell is that racket? Sir, it's, it's in your honor, sir. Silence it! Yes, uh, yes, of course. Quiet! Lose the music! Isn't this quaint? You're all lined up to see me. They feel honored, Saul. So this is the first time you've set foot on them. Don't just stand there, you idiots! Fix something!
8: Uh, oh, oh, oh. Uh,
0: yeah, sir. Uh, Assemble uh, below decks. Report to your commanding officer. There will be a check of personal goods at 1,400. <laughs> yep. on our way.
10: On our way. You Thanks. don't understand, Saul. Order is the only thing that matters on this ship. They've been following rules for 15 years. If you violate their expectations... They will have to overreach from their little pea-sized brains and think for themselves. I know. That's dangerous. But if anyone was paying attention, maybe we would not be terminally screwed. Understood, sir. Let me show you to the engine room. Oh, oh, sir, sir, thank thank you for coming. I understand there's been an incident. It's, it's the outcome we, we warned everybody about this plan was not made to last forever. <laughs> That's all? We're low on fuel? Well, then fine no no matter at all what
8: where, where, where are we gonna find... we can refine pl- pl- pl-
10: plutonium in the sewers what the lost goods yes all the goods that John stole we have them tucked away safe and sound waiting for a day like today thank God <laughs> I don't think it's God you need to thank is that all uh, yes. Uh, well, uh, no, um, um maybe. Um, you, you understand, that's, that's only a temporary solution. When all that's, all that's gone. Nothing to worry about. We're in negotiations with the family. They've lucked into some warheads of their own. We
8: need Abraham. I, 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 I served with him, yes, but I don't know one-tenth of what he knew. If you, if
10: you could... You could just find him. We will find him, rest assured. Thank you. Are we done here? Uh, um, j- 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 just one more question. How are things on the mainland? Fine, why do you ask? I, I, I haven't set foot on it yet. It, it's, it's close to 16 years, and, I, and I'm a little tied up in my work. You need some R&R? Perhaps that can be arranged. When this is all sorted out, Naturally. (laughs) Naturally. You would not believe the comfort electricity has brought back to people. Those who suffered for 15 years without lights, elevators, stoves. It's almost like a utopia. The world is simpler than it was in the before times, which means people can be happy. sounds (laughs) wonderful. It is. Goodbye, uh... daniel Goodbye, Daniel. Should I arrange for transport for Daniel? That won't be necessary, Lieutenant. I have other work for you. Yes? Assemble your best men and the strongest. We need to go retrieve some things from the soup.
8: It was strange being back in the soup. After all this time, I felt like a stranger. We followed this guy, Sachem, who was kind of creepy, I gotta say. He had had these dark holes where his eyes were supposed to be, and he smelled like there were dead rats rotting in his clothes. But he was all we had to lean on. We were walking down into parts of the soup I'd never been before. Parts where they had all kinds of stories of monsters you'd find down here. And stories of people who were the biggest monsters of them all. You recognize any of this?
12: Uh, no. Not anymore. Back there a little. My people never went this deep before.
8: Yeah, mine neither.
12: There are parts, well, I don't know if I believe them, but they talk about strange things being down here, inhuman things.
8: (laughs) I wouldn't worry about that. I'd be more afraid of twisting your ankle or getting lost or something. It's a long way back to the surface. Hey, um, Sachem, how much further are we going?
13: Not long, (laughs) not long. Why does it matter? It's all dark.
8: (laughs) I don't know what I think about him. He ain't right. Could you get us back topside if we had to go?
12: I think so. There were a couple twists back there.
8: Not sure how much further I can hold out on this leg.
12: Hey, there's something up ahead.
13: (laughs) People. People are the greatest monsters of them all.
8: (laughs) Is this it?
7: Seachum goes no further. Why is that? Seachum does not care for
8: people. You cozied right up to us. You're different. You smell the topside. What if they're not the people we want? They're just a a little fire there. No guarantee.
13: They're the people. You will see.
8: <laughs> yeah, all right. Thanks a lot. Follow a blind man <laughs> deep into the soup. And he knows 500 feet off when there's a campfire. I don't get it.
12: Hey, it smells like... It smells like they're cooking food.
8: You got an appetite?
12: Starving.
10: <gasps> chew Someone's
12: coming. Someone's
8: coming. Someone's coming! Someone's coming! Someone's
10: coming! Whoa, whoa, whoa!
8: Hold on! What? We mean you no harm. Yeah, we
10: mean no harm. Where's my club?
12: We got Amos here. Amos Quick Knife. And this guy is an original Alpha. Alpha? I
13: think
8: he's an
13: Alpha. Check this out. You just stick there while she comes to check you out.
8: She? Queenie. Since when do we have a queen down here?
12: A few years back. She stabbed the last guy in the back with a railroad tie. She keeps all the subies in line. Amos, we
1: thought you were dead.
12: Yeah, might have been. But I've had this guy around to wash my back.
1: You know the rules. Turn your back on us and the door closes.
8: Look, we don't mean you trouble. We just need a place to hide out till we get our strength back. We'll be moving right along.
1: You. Who are you, and why should I let you live?
8: The name is Lucian.
1: Have a little bit of trouble, topside? You could say that. And you decided to bring it down here.
8: No. We're just hiding out. Like Amos said, we're going to be moving along.
1: You followed. Could you be?
8: I don't know. Look, can I sit? I'm hurting
1: you. No, you will not sit. You will be going back out into the soup and blessing me for not killing you. Queenie, come on. Did you bring any food? Any supplies from Topside? No. We don't need any more beggars. Sorry. The soup has been hell lately.
8: Hey, hey. Yes? How old are you? I mean... During the breaking. You're old enough to remember the Mollies? Yeah. I kinda remember you. You were just a girl then, during the raid
1: Don't bring that up.
8: Did they leave their mark on you? They were some mean ones.
1: I said, don't You were
8: there, weren't you? When Manhattan Eleven came down. I remember. When the roof started coming down, and there were all those kids, I was with the Molly gang, trying to get them out. We didn't get everybody, but yeah, it was you. You and your sister. Wasn't it? I'm sorry it happened like
1: that. I said, don't talk about it.
8: I'm sorry. I'm sorry it went down like that.
1: Get out of here. Now.
8: We did what we could. I went back for her.
1: Go! Hey,
12: maybe we got something we can offer. What? You guys heard of Paul? The man who's been talking about the coming of Jesus?
8: Oh, Amos. Oh, no.
12: Is that why all the
1: killing's gone on in the sewers?
12: The bad man is in charge of the topside now. But he won't be forever. We're trying to stop him.
1: And we suffer when you play. We've heard the firemakers and the screams and the big bangs.
12: I didn't believe it either at first, but now I do. A big war is coming, and in this war you have no choice. You are with the good guys or the bad man. There's no sitting it out, Queenie. But after that, once the good man beats the bad man, we're going to be free, Queenie. Free forever.
1: <laughs> Sounds nice.
12: You don't have to believe, but you can listen, can't you? Then we'll be on our way. If you don't want to listen for yourself, listen for your people.
1: And you, tall guy, you believe too in this... What does he call himself? Paul. You believe in this Paul?
8: Yeah. Yeah, I guess I do.
1: We can take you to him. What do you say, Queenie? Grego. Yes, Queenie? We still have it? Yes, Queenie. And the Whisperers, do they still say what they say?
13: Great rewards. Great rewards for the delivery of the Big Bang.
8: The Big Bang? You found it? That's the big bomb Paul's been looking for. That's what we've been fighting the wolf for.
1: Quiet. We've told you too much. You know where to find him, this Paul? No. Yes?
8: Uh, sort of. We're on a mission for him. We sort of head out down here.
1: Now listen to me, Original Alpha. You have been living in the soup since the days of the Mollies. Do you hear me? Yeah. We are the rest of the Subis. The soup is all oh my people, our people, have known. We've lived here in the dark cold, living off the scraps of fat from the land topside. We have lived in the shadows of this land, hungry and desperate, but alive, in peace, no one walked the sewer, so we did not know. Fifteen years we have lived like this. Since I was a babe, since you were a boy. Yeah. Now the soup has turned on us. There are monsters that walk our tunnels. There are fires and screams from all within, from topside to all the way down to the deep dark. We have gone down and down, and there is no more down to go. We've been cornered. Our back is to the last wall in the soup. And here you are standing in front of us. Do you understand? Yes. The soup is no longer safe for us. We must find a new place, a new home. And you tell me this man, Paul, he will take us in? Yes. You who saved me but did not save my sister... You say this? You swear this?
8: Yes. Paul will take you in.
12: Bring the Big Bang, Queenie.
8: Yeah, well... He's looking for that.
1: Queenie, what are you saying? Quiet, Grego. Okay, man. What is your name? Lucian. And you know how I call myself already. Queenie. Queen no longer. We are a rambling people.
8: It's okay. He's a nice guy.
1: I hope that's so. Well, follow me. We'll fix your leg.
9: I want to try and get down on paper how it felt at the lighthouse. It was something, something out of time entirely. It stood there, strong and stone and sentinel, the same as it had been in the before times. Unlike everything else, which was ravaged and emptied and ruined, it was just a monolith holding strong. It looked like it might continue shining on until the end of time, just spinning round and round and shining light onto the cold, dark waters beyond. Yet it was also something different a gateway. So here we all were, standing astride two worlds, two possible paths, which would lead us to very different futures. One, turn back. One, go further. From the beginning, there was a sense of the inevitable. We knew deep down we would continue out past the last glowing lights of the lighthouse and into the dark raging waters of the sea. But things were starting to get different for us. And that was scary. I already told you about Luke. Luke was always quiet, but at least he'd confide in me. But now he seems awkward around me. When I go up to him while we're walking, he drifts back to Mark. If I ask him about his dreams, he changes the subject. He says nothing is wrong, but something is wrong. And then there's Sam. She is as cold as ever. And John, who looks like he has seen a ghost. Though, I think he has seen a ghost. I think there's a lot he's not telling us. And I think we're going to be really mad when we find out what he's been hiding. But on the other hand, I trust him. I have to trust him. He's the only one left to trust. He's the only one with that kind of confidence. The only one who has any idea where we're going. What we're trying to do. We followed him this far. And the thought that John might not know what he's doing... Well, it was too terrifying for thought. We had to believe.
11: You asked for no little thing, fella. I know, but our matter is urgent. The safety of the entire region is in peril. This gang of the Republic, you think they may be sending folks to tell you?
0: How's that? There's well, mean looking men been passing through here. I don't go down the door, but they've been around. Used to get all sorts of riff raff prowling Maine when the world first broke, but nowadays usually quiet. Strange to see a band of five fellas travelling up river. Five? Bless my eyes gone on me already, yeah. Five.
3: We met them already. Three. One gone away.
0: Strange men
11: we can't account for don't feel right to me. Those types of men will keep coming, unless we stop them from coming.
0: Well, I don't like the way the wind is blowing. Seen enough trouble in my time, thought it was all behind us. I thought those of us who were left around here might try being friendly with each other, try to
11: keep what nice stuff was left in the world. Well, no such luck. Look, the old blood's still pumping. Once we defeat the Republic and Saul.
0: Yeah, once you defeat those two, there's gonna be some other trouble. Some other fire needs putting out. What do you think a soldier's for? to keep on fighting, because that's all he knows how to do. Had yeah, hide on my old bones. So why are the kids here? No need for them to be taught fighting.
9: You can talk to us directly, sir.
0: You're a little spark plug, ain't ya?
9: We came of our own doing, all of us, including me and my brother Luke. Hey. Mark II, we know what we're getting into.
0: I hope you don't, darling. I hope you have no idea what can happen.
9: I know damn well. Don't talk down to me, old man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I can guess whose daughter she is, and how about you, son? Your dad eager to part ways with his only boy? I'm a man grown. He has no say over me.
1: Though I have
0: come, I'm his mother. Sex against an abbey. No offense, but you already look half dead, and you ain't even left the woods yet. <sighs> We're not looking for your advice. We just need your boat. I'll never see her again if I go by your way of thinking.
3: By the looks of her, if we don't take her, she'll be rotting into the ocean anyway.
0: Dow CC's a little weather beaten, sure. Engine has some cobweb, maybe. But the hollow sound, she'll get you where you need to go. So can we take her? I don't quite say that. Yeah, let me think on it. I'm gonna go smoke another pipe of that god awful sage check the light, then head to bed. We can talk in the morning. Sure. Good. Thanks for coming. Been a mighty lonely 15 years up here. Glad
3: to be here. Getting chilly. It's October.
11: Days are still hot, but these nights,
3: it'll get less fun to travel. That's true.
11: We'll make it. So. So. So, Sam. Nice to see you. Hmm. You'd think we'd get a chance to talk, seeing how we're on a mission with each other day and night.
3: We talk plenty.
11: About the trivial stuff
3: you really interested in talking about anything else, John? Since when are you interested in anything other than the mission?
11: It's not that simple anymore. Look,
3: John, I went along with this thing because I couldn't stop Maria and Luke. Don't think I came chasing after you.
11: So you don't care about the mission?
3: Oh, I'm too old to get worked up about what the world does next. What are we gonna do?
11: You made the same oath as me, Sam to protect the U.S. Constitution, to defend liberty.
3: Yeah, and that all went out the window when the shit hit the fan. I'm not a soldier anymore. Hell, we weren't such good soldiers over there.
11: That was different. Things were crazy.
3: I'd say things are pretty crazy here.
11: Not like that. Not anymore. Things have calmed down. Damn it, Sam. If you could have seen me in Corinth, when we were rebuilding... We were so close, people worked together like I'd never seen.
3: They all go belly up in the end, John. Some new dictator comes along and they hail him like a savior. That's why I'm getting to not like people.
11: You liked your life in the refuge though?
3: Yeah, I suppose I did.
11: David, he's a good guy.
3: What the hell do you care?
11: I'm just trying to talk, Sam.
3: Well, maybe it's better when you shut up. David's fine. Yeah, we butted heads at first, but... Somehow, the guy you survived the end of the world with kind of grows on you.
11: So he took all this stuff with Maria pretty well?
3: Damn it, John. Why do you need to pry the lid off things that are long dead?
11: Just making small talk.
3: Oh, since when does John Prophet make small talk?
11: Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Don't know what got into me.
3: We can talk about our plan. You've got one, right?
11: The guy needs to think about it, but he'll give us his boat. We'll be in border town in a day or two. From there, we retrieve Abraham and negotiate for the rest of the nuclear arms, which are in the hands of the family. From there, we evaluate our options for getting into Corinth. Hmm. The situation there has apparently changed.
3: And there goes John leaving a trail of fiery madness behind him. Saul.
11: He's someone I trusted for a lot of years. If he betrayed me, anything could have happened.
3: Tough business.
11: I don't like the word of this Paul guy, either. Sounds like someone's coming up with excuses to rile the people up. And with the Republic having all those guns, it could really be messy down there.
3: You like Messy.
11: It's all I've ever known. (sighs) Yeah, I should just go to bed.
3: No rest for the wicked, John.
11: Hmm. That's what I'm afraid of. Hey. Oh, hey.
9: Couldn't sleep? Scared to. They're back, huh?
7: The dreams? Yeah.
9: What do you think it is? Too much walking? I guess so. What's wrong, Luke?
7: I told you, my dreams.
9: No, between us. We used to be so close. There's
7: nothing between us.
9: Then why don't you talk to me?
7: What are you talking about, Maria?
9: You and Mark are spending all of your time together, and I feel like the odd girl out.
7: Is it alright that I have a friend? Seriously, Mar.
9: Forget I said anything. I'm happy for you. Really. Can I?
8: Yeah, sure.
7: <sighs> it's pretty. Yeah. You know, we're not all that far from the refuge. Can't believe we never came here.
9: It feels far.
7: Yeah, I suppose a little. Are you still scared, Maria? Scared of what happens next?
9: <laughs> of course I am.
7: I'm not. I mean I mean I am, but but not as much as I thought I'd be. The farther we go, the easier it gets.
9: We have to cross that big ocean next.
7: Uh, Someone else will be captain.
9: (laughs) I know. That's kind of how I feel, like we're the crew on John's ship.
7: (laughs) Is that a bad thing?
9: I don't know. It's a thing.
7: We could still turn back.
9: No, we can't.
7: It'll be easier today than tomorrow.
9: (sighs) I wish it were that easy. I I wish we could just forget that all of this was happening and go back to how it was.
7: But then, you'd never have seen the ocean.
9: (laughs) Well, maybe. Hey, there you are. Hey.
7: Feels like I'm always interrupting something. Am I? Uh,
9: No, take a seat.
7: It's amazing, isn't it?
9: Yeah, it's so... big. You ever been out there? No. But you've been this far before.
7: Yes. Recently. My father started taking me after I turned 14. Every year we come out here to trade our surplus produce and game for food from the sea. Cutler there. He makes uh, salted fish, pickled lobster, (laughs) clams, stuff that really livens up a cold winter's night. Sometimes he has more exotic trade, brandy, chocolate, even guns.
9: Where does it all come from?
7: He told us that uh, boats still show up from Europe once in a while. Well, not so much anymore.
9: Europe? Really?
7: That's so all he says. Life goes on out there, I guess.
9: Life goes on.
7: Hey, there's something I needed to say. Yeah? We don't know what's ahead of us out there. Pretty much anything, Right. The only thing that is going to save us is if we stick together. Do you agree? Yes. Yeah. So I propose that we seal it. Right here. We make a pact together. The three of us? As the new generation that had the bad luck to inherit this ravaged piece of dirt. Yes. No matter what happens to our elders, we must stick together. Do you agree? Sure. Don't just say it. Do you truly? in your heart, agree. Will you stick by my side, no matter what happens? Will you not turn your back on me? Yes. Luke. I'll do anything. I'm in it with you guys now. No, Luke, that's the wrong attitude. You need to embrace your inner warrior. (laughs) No, really. You have the power to transform yourself. The three of us together, we are the future. And John? He's on his own journey. We will follow him. For now.
9: Does that mean that if something happens, you'll... That
7: doesn't mean anything other than that this pact is among the three of us. No matter what happens to the others. John. Sam. Our mother. So, Mark, how do we do it? Cut your palm. Like this. Oh! <sighs> and by blood, we seal this brotherhood and and sisterhood, um, packed to, to stand by each other's side, should hell on Earth be unleashed.
9: Hell on Earth, huh? <laughs> All right. <laughs>
7: Okay, yeah, this is kind of weird, Mark. You don't have to do it. No, no, I'll do it.
14: Let's seal this pact.
7: We're together. We are a family. Even if all the rest of this falls apart.
9: Even if all the rest of this falls apart.
7: Even if all the rest of this falls apart.
6: Cleanse was written, directed, and produced by Fred Greenhalgh. You heard Kate Gurney as Maria Philip Hobby as Luke Ian Carlson as Mark Paul Drynan as John Prophet Susan Riley as Caitlin Kim Dakin as Sam Robin Monroe as Koy Dog Tim Sample as Cutler Brent Ascari as Saul Dylan Chestnut as Zeke Joe Swenson as Lawrence. Nathan Speckman as Damien. Adam Marujo as Republic One. Johnny Speckman as Republic Two. George Ledoux as Damascus. Cole Amarello as Amos. Reggie Hodge as Lucian. Eric Moody as Paul. Daniel Noel as Job. Janice Gardner as Queenie. Michael Dix Thomas as Sachem. Rachel Flehinger as Bridget. Jamie Schwartz as Michael. Christopher Ryling as bartender. James Herrera as Abraham. Rebecca Mishral as young Luke. Lisa Muller-Jones as Luke's mother. Burke Brimmer as Chris. Chris Newcomb as David. Additional voices by Gary Hauger. Christine Marshall. Alicia Gorenson. Scott Marco, Allison Slattery, Nicholas Salve, Pope, Hannah, and Molly Brock, Mirabai Iwanko, John Capron, Seth Dussault, Tim Bates, Ryan Fecto, Alicia Bailey, Ashley St. Hours, and I'm Richard McGonigal. Field Sound by Randall Farr and Jod Bowles. Production Assistants by Megan Lasala, Peter Campbell, and Sam Rappaport. Sound design by Matthew and Monique Boudreau at Oral Stage Studios. Original score by Hubert Campbell. The song, Run for Your Life, was written by Adam Swiderski, performed by The Yesterdays, copyright 2005, Seeking Rex Music. This production was recorded on location at the North Dam Mill in Biddeford, Maine and Wolf Pine Farm in Alfred, Maine. Studio recording at Mind's Eye Productions. Funded in part by a grant from the Maine Arts Commission, an independent state agency supported by the National Endowment for the Arts. Special thanks to Tom Harms and Amy Sprague, Carolyn Goslin, Doug Sanford, the City of Biddeford, Amy Titcomb. Bill DeFreeze, David Turner, Fortunat Mueller, Peter Stickney, Jay York, Loki Clan Wolf Refuge, Samantha Mason, Coffee by Design, WMPG, Rode Microphones, our amazing Kickstarter supporters, and other fans. The Cleansed is a Final Rune production. Find more audio stories at www.finalrune.com. That's F-I-N-A-L-R-U-N-E dot com.
15: You want to see for yourself now, don't you? You know there are natural explanations for everything we see and hear. But fear is fear nonetheless. I've been working here at the Arkham Asylum for the insane, oh, for nearly... Twenty-five years. I've seen a lot of things. But you say you're researching the evolution of the American Indian legend of the snake god Yig. Yes, well, you've come to the right place. Yig, the half-human father of serpents. Ethnologists have visited here before, you know. But I don't just let anybody in. We don't like to talk about it, what you're about to witness. It is very tragic and very horrible, but I won't call it supernatural. If you want to know the whole story, I'll tell you, but it's sad, terribly sad. Nothing magic about it. It merely shows the potency that belief has over some people. Yet I'll admit there are times when even I feel a shiver. To come to the point, the thing I have here is what you might call a victim of Yig's curse. A living victim. Come on. It's downstairs in the east wing. Follow me. We don't let the nurses see it, although most of them know it's here. There are just two attendants who have been taking care of it for years. But now we're all getting old. I suppose I'll have to train a new crew soon. Because that thing, it doesn't seem to age or change much. Oh, I know. It's all a question of ethics. Maybe I should have euthanized it long ago, given it a merciful release. Who's to say what's right or wrong? This way. It's at the end of this corridor. Yes, I know. It's dark down here. Here we are. Room D3. Now, I'm going to open the observation panel. Just look through... And thank God the light isn't any stronger. Then I'll tell you the story, or as much as I've been able to. piece together. Go ahead, take a look for yourself. Try not to mind the stench, I'm used to it. Go on, see for yourself. It will take a few moments for your eyes to adjust to the dim light. Hold your breath, it stinks. Can you see? Look into the shadows. Focus. Can you see something crawling and wriggling on the floor? Hissing. Coming closer. It looks sort of like a man, doesn't it? He's on his belly, on the floor. What's wrong with him? Steady now. I warned you that it wasn't for the faint of heart. You tell me. Is it human? Well, you're the scientist. See for yourself. It's the size of a man. Naked. Hairless. Go ahead and get a good look now. See. It's skin, dark in patches. Its head appears flat. It's looking up at us now, staring at you. Its eyes, those beady little black eyes. Yes! It's human, staring at us. (laughs) That's enough! Lean up against the wall there. Catch your breath. Well, you have to admit you asked for it. There now feeling better. Hard to believe, right? Do you still want to hear the story behind it? All right. Well, then you say you are here to further your research on Yig, the legendary snake god of the Central Plains tribes. So what do we know about Yig? half-man, half-snake, he's not an evil god if given the proper respect, but in the autumn he becomes abnormally ravenous. At that time the drums of the Pawnee and the Wichita tribes nearby on the government reservations pound ceaselessly to drive him away. You must know that Yig's chief trait is a relentless devotion to his children. A devotion so great that the tribes refuse to protect themselves from the venomous rattlesnakes that thrive in this country. The Indians are scared that if they should harm a snake, Yig will have his revenge by turning his victim into a serpent. Well, for centuries, the tribes had known how to deal with Yig. But then the white man came along. And what did they care about Indian gods? Back in 1888, Walker Davis and his wife Audrey left Arkansas to settle here. Just a couple of regular folks. They came by covered wagon, planned to farm the land here. By then, the Indians had been driven into reservations, so there was no danger from them. But Walker had another fear a deep fear of snakes. Lots of people do. his fear was phobic obviously he knew nothing about the abundance of rattlers we have around here or else he would have stayed back in Arkansas when he found out about it it was too late and his fear started to take hold of him he took the most extraordinary precautions clearing away brush at camp avoiding rocky places he began to think snakes were hiding everywhere ready to attack him his nerves were shattered. But you can't really avoid rocks out here, can you? So poor Walker's panic attacks got worse. He started wearing anti-snake charms. His wife was beside herself at what to do. One night, she was awakened.
2: Riley, hush up now. Quiet out there. That gosh darn dog must have caught himself another gopher. Riley, hush.
15: Well, she didn't want to disturb Walker in his sleep, so she grabbed the rifle and followed the dog to a large pile of rocks.
2: Riley, hush up! What you got there, boy? Get away, get away!
15: And there, under the moonlight, she could see a mass of wriggling
14: newborn rattlesnakes.
2: Oh, my
7: lord! She
15: knew such a sight would shock Walker, so she took the gun and, well, She didn't fire it. She smashed the butt down on the baby snakes over and over again. She didn't like snakes, but she had no real fear of them.
2: I'm going to have to hide this mess before Walker sees it in the morning. Now where'd that darn dog run off to? Walker? What what are you doing up?
15: Walker had seen everything. The look of pure fright on his bloodless face. But then that look turned to anger. For God's sake, Audrey, what have you done? Why'd you go and do that?
13: Ain't you heard all the things they've been telling about this snake devil, Yig? You ought to have told me we, we would have moved on. Don't you know the devil God gets even if you hurt his children? This land's under a curse. Everyone says it. Yig rules here and he comes out every fall to get his victims and turn them into snakes. Everyone around here, nobody kills a snake, not for love nor money.
2: That's all superstition, Walker. We're Christians. We don't believe in none of that. Now calm yourself. It ain't nothing but a bunch of baby snakes. You're you're trembling.
13: Oh, God knows what you've done to yourself.
2: Stomping out a whole
13: brood of Yig's children. He'll get you, sure, sooner or later. Unless I can buy charm off of some medicine man otherwise he's going to get you. As sure as there's a god in heaven, he'll come out of the night. He'll turn you into a crawling, spotted snake.
2: Walker Davis, you've done lost your mind.
15: All the rest of the journey, Walker's fears haunted the both of them. Then when they reached the reservation, he was able to trade some whiskey for a charm and a spell to keep Yig away. That mm-hmm. held them for a while until they reached their homestead and began to build a farm. It took months for him to erect a suitable cabin, meanwhile tilling the land. Life was hard back then. Once a month, Walker would travel back to the reservation to do some trading and get his fill of charms and potions to ward off snakes. At night in the fall, during the corn harvest... You hear that? They're drumming to keep Yig away.
2: Do declare, Walker. Now you got me acting, jumpy. Oh, you're praying and chanting. And those drums, they never stop. Day after day. Weeks now.
13: We need protection, Audrey.
2: Protection from what?
13: Evil. It's coming, Audrey. Evil is coming.
15: By then, the Davises had white neighbors. The Rigbys. The Smiths. Zeke Lafayette all living several miles away so when Halloween arrived Walker and Audrey invited their neighbors to celebrate at their cabin by midnight the party had ended and all headed back to their farms
2: Walker put another log on the fire sure is cold tonight don't them drums never stop Listen to that. Please.
15: Well, later that night, even Audrey has terrible dreams. Who appears to her in the guise of Satan, bearing down on her. Suddenly,
2: ah! shh, Walker, you awake too? Oh, what a dream! Shh, don't you hear
13: it? Something's buzzing, They're rustling. You reckon it's the fall crickets?
2: The drums!
13: Not the drums. Something else.
2: Walker? Supposed? The curse of Yig?
13: No, no. I don't reckon he comes that way. He's shaped like a man. I I heard from the Indians. No, no, that must be some varmint out in the cold. Just trying to get into a warm place, that's all. I'll light a lantern and see.
15: So, he gets up, lights the lantern... Audrey is sitting up in bed and watching as its glow lights up the room. But now, as their eyes begin to take in the whole of the room, they turn their gaze to the floor and... Ah! There in the lamplight is one seething brown mass of wriggling rattlesnakes slithering toward the fire, turning their loathsome heads to menace the frightened couple. It is only for an instant that Audrey sees the things. The reptiles are of every size. All kinds. Hundreds of them. Two or three of them rear their heads, readying to strike at Walker, who stands there paralyzed and frightened. Walker crashes to the floor. The light is out now. The room is plunged into blackness. Walker! He does not scream a second time. Well, what is she to do? There's no time to think. Is this a nightmare from which she'll awaken? Panic takes control of her senses. She wants to scream, but she doesn't. Walker is gone, and she had not been able to help him. He died from the snakes, just as he had always feared. And now the crawling things must be coming for her, writhing closer and closer every moment in the dark, perhaps even now twining themselves about the bedposts and oozing up over the coarse woolen blankets. She can only tremble and wait. She thinks to herself,
2: It must be the curse of Yig! He sent his monstrous children on All Hallows' Night, and they killed Walker. Why? Walker's innocent. I'm the one who killed the baby snakes. Why not come straight for me? Why not kill me? Wait. Oh, Lord, no.
15: Now she remembers. The curse. The curse, as told by the Indians.
2: The guilty won't be killed, but, but turned into a snake. I'm to be one of those things writhing on the floor. You can send them to get me to make me one of them. She tries to
15: mumble a spell a charm Walker had taught her, but she can't mutter a single sound.
2: They're taking their time. Where are they? Do they plan to drive me mad first? But I am mad, I must be. Wait! What's that? I feel something near my foot something moving up my leg. No, no, that's just my nerves twitching. Something, something is wrong. The snakes are taking too long. Or maybe they aren't Yig's messengers after all. Maybe there's just a nest of rattlers that come up from below the floorboards drawn to the heat of the fireplace. That's it. They aren't coming for me. Perhaps they had their fill with poor Walker. So where are they now? Gone? Coiled by the fire? Still crawling over Walker's body those drums I can't take it anymore
15: at the thought of her husband's body lying there in the pitch blackness a shock of purely physical horror passes over Audrey she remembers a story about a man back in Scott County
2: he was bitten by a whole bunch of rattlesnakes the poison had rotted the flesh and swelled the whole corpse And in the end, his bloated body had burst horribly like a loud pop. Maybe that's what's happening with Walker right now down on the floor.
15: And instinctively, she begins to listen for something, something terrible.
2: I wonder how much longer till morning... Maybe a neighbor will pass by and look in to, to talk about the party. Yes, that's it. But by then, if I'm still alive, I might have completely lost my mind. Hold on. What's that? The drums. The drums have stopped. That can't be good. They're there to ward off evil.
15: At last she takes the covers from her face and looks into the darkness toward the window. Moonlight. Stars. Then, without warning, comes that shocking, unutterable sound. Oh, dear lord, no! It's the dull, putrid pop of skin splitting open and escaping poison in the dark. And now the obscene stench and the gnawing, clawing silence. It's too much. She can no longer stay mute. Unfortunately, she remains conscious. How merciful, if only she had fainted. Another sound. It's not the drums. There's something, something silhouetted outside the window. No, not outside the window standing in front of her. Inside the room, something anthropoid. undulating. A pulsing bulk of a gigantic head and shoulders fumbling slowly toward her.
2: Go away! Go away! Snake devil! Go away! I didn't mean to kill him! I was afraid he'd be scared of them! don't children, don't come for me don't change me into a
0: snake
15: but the half formless head and shoulders only lurches onward toward the bed very silently Everything snaps at once inside Audrey's mind, and in a second she turns from a cowering child to a raging madwoman. She knows where the axe is hanging against the wall. She finds it in the dark and plunges toward the monstrous head and shoulders. you, and that is <laughs> to know did she live was she found was it ever explained yes she lived in a way and it was explained i told you there was no bewitchment no magic only cruel pitiful material horror so when the neighbors finally broke down the door
13: What's that
1: smell?
15: Oh, man, it's dark there. in oh,
1: no, here. Look, Watch
8: look out. out. Look out, them! Right there. What did
15: they find? <coughs> Near the burned-out fireplace is Walker's dog. The whole carcass burst by the puffing effect of rattlesnake poison. It must have been bitten by a hundred reptiles. To the right of the door is what remains of a man axed to death in a nightshirt and with a shattered lantern clenched in one hand. But oddly enough, there isn't a snakebite anywhere on his body. Next to him lay the bloody axe, and wriggling flat on the floor is a loathsome, vacant-eyed thing that had once been a woman, but is now only a mute, hybrid creature. All it can do is hiss, and hiss, and hiss. You see, Walker had only fainted that first time. The screams roused him, and the axe, well, it did the rest. I suppose you can say the snakes got him just the same. His fear of them made him faint, and it made him fill his wife with the wild stories that caused her to strike out when she thought she saw the snake devil. So, that's how it happened way back then. Audrey, wasn't it strange how the curse of Yig seemed to work itself out on her? I suppose the impression of hissing snakes had been fairly ground into her mind. Yes, over the years there were times of lucidity, but then it just stopped. Her hair became white at the roots as it grew and later began to fall out. The skin grew blotchy, and when she died... Oh yes, Audrey passed away quite a while ago the thing in that room. That is what was born to her nine months after she was found. There were three more of them. Two were even worse. But that thing in there is the
4: Of the energy rift. With the Sonic Society's
5: feed recording the output, correct?
4: Yes. However, I'm confused. How will this. The rift. It is sealed. How?
5: By the one immutable law of the playground, my holographic friend. If you can't beat them, join them. Our problem was the Vedic have tried to destroy audio space by opening up a rift in the podverse to disrupt the RSS feeds into a visual universe. So instead of trying to build a protective layer between them,
4: You've created a space in vid space for audio. Fascinating.
5: And now people can listen to The Sonic Society at YouTube by looking for the channel The Sonic Society, all one word, and hitting the button subscribe. The more subscribers, the stronger we can maintain the integrity of the audioverse.
4: Incredible.
5: Now, to take care of that YouTube weapon. The Sonic Society Season 10 is written and produced by Jack J. Ward and David Alt, with original music provided by Sharon B. at SharonB.com. All features, interviews and audio drama shorts are owned completely by their originators and provided to the Sonic Society through Creative Commons licensing. The Sonic Society itself originates from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada.
4: This has been an Electric Vicuna production.
14: Hi, I'm Persephone Rose, executive producer for Postal Roach and the creator of Emperor Pigs. I'm a huge fan of audio drama. And if you're listening to this right now, I've got a sneaking suspicion you might be too. So make sure your headphones are plugged in tight because you're going to want to hear this from july 24th through the 26th in 2020 producers directors composers writers actors technicians and fans of audio drama are gathering together for the world's first international modern audio drama convention in halifax nova scotia this is going to be amazing if you like panels there's going to be panels workshops they've got them studio sessions swag events live performances And most importantly, all your favorite creators are going to be there. You can get all the details and purchase your tickets online at www.madcon.com. That's M-A-D hyphen C-O-N dot com. See you at MadCon.